everyone and welcome to Moving Senior Safely Week. <clears throat> I'm Colette Robichaux with Organize Anything. As a coach and professional organizer, I've been helping clients with life transitions for over 20 years. I offer support and planning, whether you're moving in or out, aging in place, or have any projects like safety upgrades or renovations. I've been advocating that Moving Senior Safely is more than just a day-long event. We need to consider the emotional, mental, physical aspects of relocating and downsizing or right-sizing. I also coach family members on how to encourage and communicate with reluctant or procrastinating loved ones to ensure a dignified, healthy, and safe transition at any stage of the relocation journey. So it's my pleasure to start our downsizing presentation, Downsizing, the Power of Positive Shrinking. And I truly believe there are a lot of positives out of that. A lot of times I'm called in to help my clients because they're not finding it a positive experience. So we see a lot of TV shows today and a lot of the new downsizing looks like these tiny homes when the reality is uh, downsizing can be everything from moving from a very large home to a very small condo assisted living or a lifestyle uh, change. I consider myself to be someone that is downsizing, even though for the near future, I will be very much planning to stay in my own home. So it is as much of, as a philosophy, if you will, as, as it is a physical sort of move. And people are starting to think about downsizing for many reasons. It's not just older adults. It, people are thinking about moving, uh, downsizing because of family, financially, the way the market is. Maybe people can free up some, uh, some money to do some things they want to do. Ecologically, to have a smaller footprint, to have less stuff. Health-wise, it might make sense to be on one level or in an assisted living sort of scenario. And even people that are home sharing and combining households for, you know, uh, for uh, combining families or just having kind of the golden girls living together, we're looking to downsize some of our possessions. So outside of just those that are downsizing, I'm called in a lot to help people uh, feel a little less cluttered in their homes. So a lot of these tips are great for you to find space in any home, whether you're choosing to downsize or not. So as I said, I really consider there's a lot of ups upside to downsizing. But the key things that we want to avoid that could be the downside are we want to make sure that people are safe and avoiding victimization. Anytime there is a transition of moving or uh, uh, loss of a loved one or many things going on, that all always opens us up to a lot of stuff. So we want to be very careful that we know how to plan for a move, plan how to downsize, and really how to think, uh, think big picture of, of what our future could look like. Often communication a lot is, is key. And it's not just having one chat, whether it's with our spouse or uh, you know, maybe our, our older uh, family member that, that we know will have to move maybe in the near future. It's something I believe in having these discussions with family early on, what does it look like? What's the big picture plan? Instead of putting it off till later, it's better to think about it up front. And whether we're asking a loved one what 
they're feeling anxious about or it's what we fear about ourselves, it's good to address those and know what the realities are of those fears and what maybe are some of the myths as well. So we want to be careful that we are always working with professionals that are reputable and you can talk to people like Nancy with the Canadian Association of Movers and you can check out with Better Business Bureau, ask your friends, you know, look around the neighborhood if someone's doing renovations, ask them how they how they were. Right now it's a very busy time for renovations in someone's home and for you to maybe access someone quickly, we you you might sort of jump at the opportunity because you've called many people, but you it is safer for you to know that it is a reliable person that you might have to wait than to jump on accessing someone that maybe does not have the background that you can check out. So the other thing is sometimes because of COVID and because of our life online, we're dealing with people that we don't see in reality. We're not reaching out and touching them. There are scams like uh, people moving into an apartment. Let's say you're downsizing and moving across the country to be with loved ones and are going to move into a condo that won't be ready. You might uh, want to do a short-term rental. There are scams that happen even with rentals. So these are all things that we want to have our spidey senses tingling a little bit to make us more secure and avoid some of the risks for the long term. So I'm going to dig into my toolbox and tell you a little bit of what I think about and what I get my clients to think about when I help them in the downsizing process. And as I said, I've been helping people with transitions like downsizing for over 20 years, some of that physically doing it, some of it coaching. I've helped people coach people on the phone that live in the US, that live in Europe, um, in other parts. So it's not just today, we realize that, that you can get help from people and they don't even necessarily be directly in your home for some of those services. Just make sure that you are checking them out. So I want you to think a little bit ahead of, you know, moving to that new space. What, you know, what do I need to function in that space? Not so much going at, 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 with the idea of, oh, how do I get everything from this place to the next one? What is it I actually need to take? Will my, when I'm looking at my possessions, will my life be better keeping this than moving it to the new place? And you know, how am I spending my time now? What do I actually do? What in those possessions do I use because of what I do now? And we wanna to look to the future. Often our capacity, especially physically, will be changing somewhat in the future. So, you know, wouldn't it be nice to be aspirational and say, I'd like to ski again and take my skis, or I would like to do this again. But if you know you haven't been doing it for a while, you may want to think about leaving that behind. And leaving behind, people say, I don't want to throw things in the garbage. Very little goes in the garbage when you can have ways to donate to other people that could use it. So you want to know, am I likely to use this more in the future or less in the future? That's another deciding factor that's going to help you along the way when you are thinking about your journey into downsizing. One thing people forget too, we forget, we remember the people, but we forget our pets are coming along for the ride. And you want to think about their adjustment. I know I've worked with people in homes and the pets have more toys than some kids. So what will the adjustment look like for them? Will they need in that move to be 
um, getting accustomed to something new? Do you need to start walking them in the new location? Do you need to find a vet in that new location? Something to think about. <coughs> Excuse me. So one of the first things I start with when people are downsizing, especially to a condo or an apartment to assisted living is to get the usually itsy bitsy couple inch floor plans and I try and take them and I cut them out as tightly as possible and I take them to one of the local printers and I just get them to expand and then you can have a better look at those floor plans. But something to note that many people don't think about is that often the floor plan that you may be given is not an exact of the unit that you have. Often there's an additional bump out in one of these areas or you know there's something that is not exactly the right match. And I've had clients before that think that that only wall where the sofa is going to fit and something else is going to fit is not is not actual the reality when we get there because there is a little something there in that particular design. So we want to allow a little leeway anytime you're planning a little tight, but you also want to ask the people if you're buying the condo or renting the condo and you have the floor plans and they know that is there anything uh, that is not the same in the plans that you have. The other place where I start with my client is a packing log, and that is a numbered packing log and a list of contents. And this comes in handy for a lot of reasons. I have clients that have come back to me and asked me if I still had a copy of one because they were using it for insurance purposes or they were on uh, looking to move again and they just couldn't locate the log that we had done. So a packing log is a great place to start. It could be as simple as a Excel spreadsheet, which I use this as a simple version. And you, I like to use a box number, generalized contents. So a lot of times people just put kitchen, but sometimes you can do a little more than that. And often I have the location of where it came from and maybe the location is going. And when you see a little further on, you can see how this could be elaborated on a little bit more. But one of the things that can come out of this is the idea of, of uh, really knowing a little bit more about what's in those boxes. So a lot of times the move boxes have a very small little sticker on them. For my clients, a lot of times I color code, I number, and then I'm when someone is leaving the truck and they often they will scream the number to me as they're walking in, I can look on the inventory and tell them exactly what room it's going into because I've made that decision before. The other thing with that, you could use color coding just for things that may be going in, uh, in storage, like in the basement or somewhere that it doesn't matter. But when you're getting people to do that, when they're large numbers like this, you can have them piled up quite high and you can easily ask the people to have them packed against the wall in a way that you can see those numbers that if you need to access something, you can. I've often come out and had people, it's a spare room and it's wall-to-wall -wall boxes and they're looking for important documents like a passport or something like this. So this system can work well. So you've got color coding and numbering and also involving then making sure that they are visible along the way. So those colored things that you see are just uh, normal pieces of uh, letter-sized paper cut in half 
and I just write the numbers on as we go along. So even if you're packing and you want to keep similar numbers together, within those packing logs, you can pack print off separate sheets and you might start at 50 in the kitchen. You might start at 70 in another room. They're just different ways that, that can allow things to flow along that it will be easier for you to locate those things. Because it's not my recommendation that you think you're gonna unpack everything all at once. And certain things you wanna get, get out it more in the short term. So let's say you're going to your kitchen. You know, there could be 40 boxes for the kitchen, but why not think of it as what do I need for the kitchen quickly? What would I need between a week and maybe a little while later as you're packing up? Maybe when you put the turkey roast pan that you'd like to keep for once or twice a year, that that is, is coded in a different way, that you know that if you have that roast pan there, you might be packing some other things that would be less likely to be used right away. Moving is a marathon and you will be exhausted. We want to limit that. A lot of people will get sick afterwards. They've had all that energy. There's something called stress... Um, relocation stress syndrome. But if you already are suffering from anything, it can aggravate already disorders. It can bring on pain because you've been doing some last minute pushing things in bags. You're not lifting in a proper way. So this is really a time that we want to be as careful as possible to keep ourselves safe. So we want to really think about a lot of these ways that we can do that. So when you're packing, I want you to think at that time about how you're going to be prioritizing that unpacking. So it could be as simple as, you know, later on the box, you know, if you're packing and moving yourself later, it could be storage it, or it could be something first day. And even the way it goes on the truck, for you to let them know the people that are packing the truck, for, you, for them to know your system and that you set it up even in the home for them to be gathering. Or if you have someone like me, we would be doing the communications with the mover. It makes for a, a much simpler move. So what do you need to open the first day? We all wanna be comfortable after that first move. And for me, I know I need a cup of coffee. I need a few things. I, I'm not gonna be cooking a turkey. I'm probably not gonna be using my stove, but I might want my toaster oven because I seem to lately be uh, spending a lot more time with that. So even if you're not planning to downsize for a while, start auditing, what do I use on a regular basis? When you say things like, I used to use that all the time, one of the things that pops to mind these days are the air fryers. People are using them and loving them and saying they didn't have their oven on or use other things since they got them. So just because it was a well-loved appliance in the past, it may not be something that you're using now. And if you are reducing your space, it's very clear that in the future, space, every inch of space is a priority and particularly in the kitchen. The amount of counter space when you start leveling down in homes and then again in assisted living, living because a lot of times meals are included, it, whichever plan you get, there's very little counter space. Sometimes you can't even get an additional tea kettle on that counter space. So something to be looking at for sure. And the other thing that should or could or is important to go with you are 
things that are very dear to you, things, important documents, medication. I have a whole list that I call the comfort box. So even outside of all those things that you wouldn't want to go missing, I want my coffee grounds. I might want my French press. I want my pillow. And, you know, I want, you know, my favorite mug. Some of those things, whether it's for us or, uh, you know, our, our, our parents, we want those things that make them feel comfortable. If they always eat off of a certain plate and have certain things, let's get them into what that routine is as quickly as possible. That's going to alleviate the pressure and take away uh, from some of the stress and allow them to get on to their new life. So back to when we are trying to think about the move, I like to have some of those main pieces of furniture uh, measured. And I have a form that's larger than this, but this is an, another way for me to think about what furniture could actually work. And then we have that as a filter, what could work. And then we have the filter of what you love. And, you know, and we kind of go from there. So I do kind of, uh, here's the current room it's in. The other end is possibly could go in this room. And in between, we want to know the, lead, the length, the width, and the height. And again, every space is really important then. So you want to know what that is. So, you know, sometimes people are like, well, my dining room set is too big. I'd never be able to use it. But sometimes we can, you know, you know, take the leaf out and we loved it and had a lot of meaning to us. And maybe we can't get all uh, six chairs in there, but we can use the four chairs and we, you know, not to be afraid of breaking up a set and using something different when something is very important to us. We want to make those things you love the most. We want to take those along, your favorite things, those things with meaning, but not everything can always go. So, I have another document that I do. This is small, but again, if you want me to send an example of this, and I call it the room to room comparison. On the left-hand side is your existing house, four bedrooms, den, home office, kitchen, dining room. On the right-hand side is kind of that open area, and then your kitchenette and one bedroom. And I might even add in the, in the second one with the downsize, I might even add the closets in and the storage area as well, because it kind of captures in the smaller location, you want to know every single space that you have, it, because it's very important to be thinking what, it, what is going to work here. And the sooner you know what's going to work and what isn't going to work, you can have other plans that are, are more amenable to what your wishes are. So to do some of the planning, I call it my moving math. And if someone has taken a presentation from me before, you'll, you'll get this math quickly. You didn't have to have a degree in math to do this. But if we just start off thinking it's going to take you, if you just plan for it taking twice the amount of time you, you think and start, start way earlier than you thought, there's, there's a, a good amount of math to start. And if I give the example of closets, if you have a home with 10 closets, and many people have more than that, and each closet is six linear feet, thinking it's six feet of the rod where you would hang your clothes. So six linear feet. And so six times 10 is 60 linear feet of things to hang. In your new home, you have one bedroom and a closet. So you have two hanging places at six feet, that's 12. So if you do the math and the subtraction, there's a lot less. 
Also, if you look at your storage areas and add them up before, garage, under, <clears throat> under the stairwell, gardening shed, you know, all kinds of other areas. And now you go to your new smaller place and you may have a storage unit um, on your floor. It may be at the end of where your car is packed or you might have like a, a little big, bigger uh, closety area in the place. You have a way to start looking at it mathematically to say, hey, there's some issues here. Many of us have bookshelves and, and, and shelving as well, as well. So similarly to the closets, if you're thinking linear feet, if you have a bookshelf that is three stories high, three shelves high, and we'll say three times four is 12, and maybe you have you know, five of those that you have a certain amount to move. But if you are thinking of instead of moving the short bookshelves, if you need to move a lot of books, a lot of things and use that for shelving, the same footprint of that four feet on the bottom can go up three feet, 12 feet, three, six feet and a little higher. And you can see linear feet wise, when you add it up, you can figure out what you need. A lot of my clients have had trouble downsizing their books and they have bookshelves. And this is one that you really need to think about and prioritize. And that's something that to do some of that moving math, it will help. By math, by the multiples, do you know how many of each thing do you have? So go around the house and start gathering like things together. You know, a lot of people have a lot of clothing, 12 pairs of black pants or maybe you have all together, you have the knife block, you have the junk drawer with knives in it, you have those knife sets that were given to you and kept in the buffet. So if you start collecting things that are the same and put them in those multiples, then you can choose what you're taking with you. I say choose the upgrade. A lot of people will have things that are set aside, maybe they were gifts and not used, you know, maybe we're looking at multiples of towels and things. When I help people in linen closets, there are wedding gifts in there. Those were the good towels you didn't use. Pull out the good stuff. This is the time to do that. But when you put them together and you see exactly how much of that same item you have allows you to make some decisions. And measurement wise, you're going to measure, as I said, some of that key furniture you want to take so there are no mistakes, but as soon as possible, get some of the measurements of the new place you're going into. And not just the walls and the windows to get treatment, but you want to make sure that the, uh, the door widths are, are okay, but the big forgetful one are, are if you are going around the circle to go upstairs, it's an issue. And sometimes people are going in with loved ones for an in-law suite that's in the basement and there's not an external way to get in. And sometimes existing furniture can, cannot get around those little knuckles. And um, I know I've been stuck before with uh, on the other end of that when people have a piece of furniture stuck, stuck trying to get things out. And uh, yeah, they can get wedged in there pretty good. So these are things that you can do to avoid that. <clears throat> So making those decisions on downsizing really has a lot to do with math again. You know, 5,000 square feet to 1,000, 3,000 square feet to 600. You know, think about how dramatic that, that is. If you are starting to pack up and starting to think about what you want to take and you're seeing that there's no movement, that everything must go, 
this isn't a closing out sale that everything must go to your next place, you will be in trouble. And when we're talking about safety issues, I have been with people on the other end that the boxes are there, they cannot move, they cannot sleep in their bed, they can't get around, and they are suffering through that issue. They, they don't know what are in any boxes, they don't know where their medications are, and just other comfort things that they don't know where they are. So we need to be thoughtful up front just to make sure we are going to um, have a more enjoyable landing on the other side. So the three space robbers that come up and people have trouble with our clothing. Um, we are very attached to some of our clothing. It's sometimes not clothing anymore. It's become memorabilia, just like our mementos. We attach a time and a place to it. But I think if it, anything taught us, COVID taught us that we really can wear a lot of the same things. Um, it said that we wear 80% of the stuff in our, 20% of the stuff in our closet, 80% of the time, and I think it might even be more now. We've also adjusted a little bit more. We may have gone up a size or two as well. And, you know, we can be very aspirational with clothing of, I will get into that size, but you know what? You know, sometimes if that's gonna take away from some of the other things, your loved things, you wanna think about whether you can let that go and what you will actually need when you go, go further. And if you're transitioning because you're leaving the workplace as well, I had um, one gentleman who had, oh, almost 200 suits and he wanted to move them with him and he hadn't, um, he hadn't worked in um, 10 years, he was retired. And again, people are still wearing suits and jackets, but less and less. And the idea outside of even his book collection, these things just weren't gonna, going to fit. And you know, there's just a point where no matter how much you want it to fit, it's just not going to fit and it's not going to fit in a safe way. So places to start letting go. I suggest those storage uh, areas. I call them kind of the junk drawer of other places, your house, the basement where it kind of went, you know, um, the waiting for the kids, waiting for the yard sale, uh, you know, waiting because you're going to maybe have a cottage. Lots of stuff gets placed away. Some things are broken, TVs, stereos, things that are, are broken that just go there. You're thinking that miraculously somehow it will be fixed and time goes by and you're on the newer version of this or that. So really hit those kind of outside areas, you know, the attics, the basements, and think about that. Also, if you're thinking about um, large amounts of things that instead of going through one by one that you could go through, many people have collections that a lot of times they've outgrown. So if we see in the picture, it's maybe a collection of beer bottles. You know, if you just decided I'm not taking that collection, I'm gonna share it with someone else, that's getting letting go of a lot for a while. If you decide to sit and go through each one of those and reminisce, and think about it and where you bought it, that's gonna eat up your time only to find out later on that you probably might not even ever unpack it on the other end. Now, in the eye of the beholder, what's important, sometimes this is where some of those collections of ball caps or concert t-shirts, when you have two people dealing with this, what's important and what isn't, that's something that maybe you have to wrestle out gently a little bit early, but, better to be confronting each other or yourself with those issues early. Closets are something we've already talked about with the closet math. 
and thinking about a little bit more about um, how we can, uh, you know, deal with that, whether it's clothing, whether it's memorabilia. If we're just looking at this closet, one thing that I, or shelving, whichever it is, one thing I always say, if you're seeing white space or there's air, there's more opportunity to get a shelf in there or store things a little bit more. So that idea before of people having these large dressing rooms or shelves, we wanna plan ahead for the other end of what that will look like. So if gals are packing up their handbags or their shoes, I often suggest to have some of your girly friends over and say, hey, you know, put some stuff on the bed or have some things. It doesn't mean you don't like them. It doesn't mean you didn't pay a lot for them, but get some things out and see if you can pass them on to some of your loved ones. There are many places that um, raise money for hospice, for hospitals, whatever location you're in that, that can use these things. And if you really find that you haven't used that or in the past, I, in, in homes, I say there's a percentage that you keep for special occasion that often I get out of prime closets and put in a spare room. So it might be a little black dress, it might be a dress up thing, it might be some of those things that are one offs that have longevity that you could use them. But those may be things now that you will may be looking to adapt some of your other, other clothing. But purses and shoes are one of those things that that really can take up a lot of space and that can be used in donations to actually make some money for other people or there are places to sell them as well. So if you are selling their consignment shops, people use online things as well. I've worked with several law enforcement people in their homes, helping them prepare for sale and other things. And they have warned me not to let people come to your homes to buy things. So I know certain people will do things and take them to places and sort of sell them in the parking lot. But I really think that usually because of time limits and things, I like the volunteer, the donation thing, because you know it's going to a good cause. Maybe your church has something once a year or will be again. And maybe if you go to your church and you put something in the collection plate every week, maybe if you are donating things that you think have a higher value that you're not going to try and sell, don't make your donation for a few months or something like that. But it frees you up and you have those things. And, and that's that's another way of looking at it. So editing, whether it's uh, clothing or uh, some of our other things, to think of, I have a lot of these things, how am I going to edit them down to make it work in my new space? So there are many, many things that you can look at online for space saving. I'm going to show you a few of those pictures today to give you an idea. And some of it is preference. Some of these things can be too clumsy. Some of them you may be already using. Um, some people like to put things in chest of drawers. A lot of times you will have less room, you know, you may have less room in drawers than you did before because there's less closets. It just depends on where you're going to be. So you may want to start looking at things like that. Another trend when people have less now when they're downsizing lifestyle or home is buying less and buying a better quality. And that you've heard of the capsule wardrobe or people have their uniform and they're shying away from the dollar store items and knickknacks. Maybe you're moving in a year, you tell your family members, um, I don't want a birthday present. If I do, I would like it to be experiential. I would love you to come over and, and go with me in my closet and help me purge my closet. And sometimes that's a good idea with a family member. Sometimes it isn't because sometimes family members 
can put a little too much pressure on you, not in a way we want to maintain family relations. So think about, you know, think about what would work. In the end, we want to maintain family relations and our health. But but by by better, by longer, this is keeping things out of the landfill. And, you know, and it's just better for all of us. We, we will be looking at our mementos as we go along and reliving lots of things. I'm a big traveler. And if I see a globe or a map, I am entrenched. I am spinning it to see how many countries I was in here and there and the other things. So watch that amount of time you get into doing this. Often, if you have someone with you to keep you moving along, you could offer a glass of wine, it could be a friend, someone that you might share doing it at one person's house, one person the other. In my field of professional organizing, we call that extra person the body double, that you might go out to work with these things and you would work 10 minutes and give up. But if you say to your friend or your organizer is gonna work with you for three hours, your friend's gonna be there an hour, you will get more done. So. Think about what those mementos, mementos are. Are they worth it? Are they garnering a high priority on things to go? Or is it time to let go? Even things like plants, which seem like a good idea because we love plants, but the bigger tree-like plants, often in downsizing condo, apartment, assisted living, there aren't a lot of windows. And to get to have this large trees moving into the space um, you can bump into them and, you know, just something else to think about, not to get stuck the day of, or, you know, maybe it's time. I always say if people are visiting you, someone says they like something, why don't you take it with you? So think of it early. Think of your friends that like plants. Plants are becoming very popular. My uh, friends, uh, teenagers are into plants. It's like plant pets, pets. So think about letting go of some of those things early. This is not a last minute game. Up the ante, start months early and start letting go of those things. So when we're talking about furniture to go with you, it has to have multiple functions. We wanna think of that. We wanna make sure we can maneuver them. And you know things that are, are, are for storage instead of just taking up space is exactly what we want. And I'll go through a few examples of those a little later on. So audit what you're using every day. What's double duty? One knife versus 10 knives. One knife versus a lemon zester and a, you know, another type of peeler. What is it? Don't be afraid to break up those sets. And thinking of space as, under and over. So, you know, I often uh, see people keeping tons of these little tiny tables to put around the place as well that take up a footprint, but really are not storage. So you want to question everything in the filter of storage as well. Does it have that? And don't keep things just because it's still good or I might use it or I want to start doing it unless you're feeling very secure that that's going to happen. If you want to know what it feels like in a place when you've downsized from a decorating standpoint, even choosing fewer patterns um, and fewer uses of color can sometimes make it a little, um, a little more calming as well, from even from that aspect of it. So looking at coming in the door, many of us want to leave our keys and maybe our purse and things like that. 
this might there might be a smaller closet there might be no closet but to have something that could be hanging like this is a great idea a mirror is always good uh, for that last minute checkout but it also can reflect light that can carry on throughout the apartment and make it lit, lit a little bit better as well if you're moving to a new space i often get people to take a look at the light bulbs and the lighting and maybe improve on that a little bit better. You're going to be in new surroundings and you want to be seeing things clearly of where things are. So even a little tree stand like that for the things you use all the time, don't overload it or you won't get the door open, but that is a good way to add in a little bit. I'm not suggesting <clears throat> to go out and buy it if you don't already have one. You can wait till you get there and have a use of the space when you think it through but that's a good way to start in. As I said, with a mirror today, it's wonderful. You can get these large mirrors at many of the box stores and discount stores and not so, it, it, it's not so much of, uh, of um, well, I would say the main reason I like this is it opens up the space and you can sit something in front of it. I also suggest with a lot of shelving units whether they're decorative or whatever you can also sit furniture in front of it as well but a big open mirror like that can reflect a lot of light and make it feel larger because we can feel quite claustrophobic when the windows are gone that we were so used to having we would you know go room to room we could look out and see it look maybe in our yard but we won't have that so we want to make it feel uh, a little a little larger and the mirrors do that these ottomans are great they come long like a, a little uh, bench that you can have by the doorway to keep your shoes in and things. This could be in front of your TV to keep things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or without that, we, we don't want to see any air. We want to make sure that you could have a basket here for that blanket. It could have your slippers in it. It could have the dog toys in it, all kinds of things, how to use that up. And the amazing thing today, because so many people are downsizing, there's furniture that turns into it turns into like the Murphy bed that is in the shelves and then it's the dining table and all that sort of things. We don't have a large variety um, that sells in maybe smaller locations, but today you can order things and have them delivered. Remember there are supply chain issues, whether it's a sofa or a lot of things. And um, so oftentimes if you come up with something you want, even looking within a store, it can be six weeks to clients have six months that things have been delayed now. So um, plan for that as well. It's not like you can walk into a store and buy something often and it's sitting in the back and can be delivered with, to you in a short period of time. I want you to think in terms of this as a end table or a table for beside your bed. Think of that storage capacity within that. And also the idea that even if it wasn't exactly in this unit, you could put baskets in, it kind of containerized stuff, you can probably get more, more in it as well. And we know uh, that the more things you see in the room, the more cluttered the space is, the more our brain feels a little more cluttered as well. This is something that, a uh, similar idea to this that I do a lot with uh, smaller locations. Often it's open style leading into the kitchen. So we're going to have to float furniture like a sofa. We can't line everything up around the wall. So I don't do the bookshelf one as much. What I typically do is a dresser or a credenza or a buffet and hutch floating behind the sofa. 
So, you know, if you're moving to a smaller place, that could be a pullout sofa. And then behind it could be the credenza. And sometimes in the smaller bedrooms, I've had move-ins that you couldn't even get anything afterwards with a smaller bed. There was no end table, just a floating shelf for a few things. So to use a long dresser without the mirror, you can put that there and we had additional clothing there. And in a small location, it's not a big deal. We just have to get outside of our head that maybe you're gathering some clothing from there or it is additional space. So if you are looking at the dresser that's best to keep in a smaller location, a high boy has the footprint that's lower. So it would be better to have two high boys maybe than those longer dressers. But if you're looking to use your longer dresser, it could go behind a floating sofa. So often behind a floating sofa, you know, we would see the uh, like another table, but there's not a lot of storage with that. So this is something that you may consider. So that's another idea today. There's um, things that we use for our TVs that are like this. But if you have a well-loved piece that was a buffet or a hutch in your dining room, you may use that for your TV stand as well. And under the bed storage, we want to think, as I said, we're going up, we're going under, you know, uh, under the bed accessing from the front and we can also access from the side. This is something that someone creatively made and put some wheels on. We're not all that creative, but um, even you can buy these plastic containers with wheels. And what you're seeing here, if your bed isn't high enough to get things under, you can put risers on. I've done this a lot in spare rooms, but you can do this with your own bed as well. And they're very sturdy. And then you can have some other things that is that secondary storage, your seasonal change off, off of, uh, of things. Also in the spare rooms, I've often put additional linens in a spare room directly under the mattress to keep them there until they're ready. So, you know, you'd have the, you wouldn't be using it in the very tiny linen space or something like that. So if you have things that are flat, you could also store some things under the mattress that you might need a little bit of hand, hands with as well. Uh, this is something that you can keep some of those things in a small space. I've used this a lot, moving people into residence and dorms. And then the bathroom, uh, one of the key places to find extra space there is those over the toilet uh, uh, rise, rising shelves. And you can have some baskets there. And to the left in this, in this uh, slide, you'll see, you know, uh, a little container, kind of those plastic things. You can get them on wheels. I had a client who had a small bathroom and had this with toiletries and makeup. And when people came to visit, she had it on wheels. So instead of people seeing all that stuff and it was a little more crowded, she would just wheel it into her bedroom when people, people visit. So things like that can, can help, help too. So it might be your crafts on wheels with something like that, that you wheel out. And if you wanna tuck it away in another area, you can tuck it away later on. But um, every inch and, and cranny, we want to think about how we use it on the left. If you're just throwing things on the bottom versus starting to think, could I get some more shelving in there? And you can actually buy shelving for around the piping. And, you know, this is one of the ways to do that, to add a basket, some containers and see even on the back of the side doors. Could it be a little shelf? Could it be what are called those 3M hooks that you can take the back off and glue on and remove them. So they're really good to put in different areas. But if space is a premium, I don't want you moving 10 bottles of shampoo in a basket 
that you never used before, you won't use again, and then you're stuck. That's the other place that people get stuck somewhat like the kitchen. You know, maybe before you had three bathrooms and now you have one. So don't pay to move it. Don't pay the price of what it looks like to be crowded on the other end. You know, I have people that they couldn't get in their bathtub then because they were packing all the stuff up because the movers had no place to put it and then they're stranded and exhausted. <clears throat> so using wall space in a bathroom is, is, is great as well. You could be um, using it, some of those uh, Ikea shelf things. If you look in the bottom, the hooks, they're almost like you can put pots and pans on them in the kitchen under, under your uh, cupboards. You can use them in the bathroom. Um, you can use them behind the door. Every behind the door in a new small place, I encourage you to use them in different ways. Even, you know, taking your towels out of the bathroom, sometimes the dryer are a better idea as well. A lot of times the smaller living doesn't have the open air, air windows to air things out. Um, these are very good as well for behind the door. You can get them in a million varieties. I probably very seldom use them for shoes, but I like them for other things. And also when you're in a new space, you're not really remembering where things went. If you use the back of your doors for things like this, they could be, these are cleaning products. So maybe you downsize, you wouldn't need this many, but hair care items, your hairbrush, the lint brush, uh, you could use it for socks. You can use it for scarves. You can use it for all kinds of things. And the idea of having things that are visible, especially when we move to new locations, that can help us. And especially as cognitively, maybe later on, we are adjusting to um, adjusting to a new way of, of remembering or not remembering. Um, these can be very helpful. And this little item here is something I use all the time when I'm entertaining, but it's also something that you could use in your bathroom to give you the extra little bits for jewelry. You could use it on your countertop in your kitchen, and you could use it on a, a chest of drawers as well. So new uses for things you had before. I have a Pinterest board that has a whole bunch of things that you may have. How could you use it for a storage item? You might want to have a look at that. And I'll put that in the resource area as well. I don't think I added that in to the resource page that you'll have access to as well. So going when we do go up and we do go higher for storage reasons to put another shelf in, which is great. Um, we do not, if we live alone, want to be accessing that without anyone else around. I do not go up on a chair or ladder without someone around. It's, I have a bad knee, it kicks out once in a while, you're not gonna do it. Get in the habit of saying, someone's coming to visit, say, will you spot me while I do this? The other thing I would say, do not mortgage your toilet paper. You will not have room for the 350 bag size of big box toilet paper anymore. Maybe time for you to be buying a little less and you know, maybe use what you have before you leave, stop shop, start shopping from home, and, and see what you use, what you haven't, food bank it, uh, gift it to friends. But that idea of buying in bulk, I've been called into more homes that they say we've got to move. And a lot, of, a lot of their space issues outside of thinking of some of these things are buying so much in bulk. So think about that. I always say, why mortgage your toilet paper? Just as a way to <clears throat> spark you a little bit of thinking about that. So shelving can be your friend, whether it's decorative or shelving in your spare unit. This is another item that I call them cubbies, but I've often used these 
three uh, against a wall in a uh, condo. They can have baskets in them. The lower shelves we actually put, um, uh, can even put a uh, sofa in front if there are things, important documents that you wouldn't access much or things that you wouldn't need as much. Put felts on the bottom of all your furniture if it's hardwood floors or sliding floors. And you can always get into that, but you can have shelving like this if you're keeping things, if you have your hobby, you have your craft paper, you have your knitting and some of those other things. This is a way to get things. Again, the footprint on that might be six feet. Think if there's with two rows up, that's 12 linear feet and think the further you go up and you can line these up without a space in between, but measure how many could go down one row. I've even put these in hallways coming in from the front door right down. There's kitchen on the side. So sometimes even on the hallway um, to keep some extra things as well. This is another item uh, I've used in, in bedrooms. They're not very wide when there hasn't been the extra room to put in the um, put in chest of drawers. These can either be hanging or you can use these like chest of drawers and storage and you can go that high where you can reach, but then there's additional storage that you can put on top of that as well. So just to reinforce that idea of the going up, wouldn't it be lovely if we had all these high ceilings, you wouldn't be Spider-Manning your way up to get it. But I just put this in to reinforce that idea that going up and using shelving can be a real saving grace when we start getting into the smaller places. So looking at any of the dead space moving in the kitchen, these work well because you might have the plates underneath, you have other things on the top. These you are using some dead space not used, things that nest. So when you're deciding on dishes, this is a little set that's quite common. You can order online um, or you know what is it that nests easier that doesn't take a lot of spaces. You can use these for risers for certain things. You can have little containers or a basket that would pull out from underneath. And I find carts with wheels also in the tiniest of units. These could be your additional, um, additional countertops. So I've had people that bake and in one apartment and we just had all the baking things together and we actually had it rolled into the living area dining area a little bit and it would roll back because they enjoyed baking but it freed up the issue of them they had were you know had stuff at the back of the cupboard they still wanted to bake so think of those carts that do have wheels and even you know I would say there are ways to make things with wheels. Maybe it's a desk that you love. You could make it into something. This could go behind your sofa. You could use it to extend on that tinier living. But I don't want you to be thinking about all these projects. I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn it into that because you will run out of time. But those are just some general ideas of what you could think that would um, be able to help you out in some of those um, small tiny living scenarios. So in summation, the sooner you get a start on this, the better uh, to make a more pleasant moving day and even a more pleasant move in day and the days and weeks following that. So um, um, know what's gonna go on the truck, know uh, that you're going to have reputable movers. And if you can make them aware of your plan and your things on how things go on and off, that's really gonna help you a lot on move day. And right now I'm gonna hand it back to Nancy to see if she could look in the chat room and see if there were any um, ideas or questions that came up that I could elaborate on. And, uh, and or people can uh, put up their hand, I think, uh, 
uh, as well and see if we can address any of those questions. And I know we're coming up to top of the hour. There aren't any uh, questions at the moment. Uh, you're getting some thank yous for a great presentation. Um, I know uh, I live in a smaller place now and uh, one of the things that I did just to make it look better was I had I bought a bookshelf uh, you know but it was open so yeah. you had suggested uh, you know put a curtain around it so I got a cute little curtain and I put it around it so it kind of because I have no closet space so it's it's just little things like that but it gave me all the room I needed for my uh, few uh, cans and yeah extra cookies yeah. and things and and the hardest thing was not buying in bulk anymore that's the yeah. hardest thing it's something yeah. they used to because buying in bulk is a bit of a recreation as well for some of us right you know oh, right. what's there what's new and things come in and out so we want to look at that a little differently and hopefully some people will be in some neighborhoods that we don't need our car anymore and that's a lovely thing to let go of as we're aging as well why have it why insure it why take the risk you know, so so if we could be in walking distance of a, a, maybe it's a smaller grocery store or we're asking our loved ones to do it for us, why not? Here's a question, Colette. What do I do with all my books? I love them. I want to keep them, but I've got too many. Well, as I, I tried to show you some ways with those bookshelves that you could put and maybe put furniture around them, but it is it is a big issue and you know what are you going to sacrifice for that how closed in will you will you feel and i've i've done condos like this where it is bookshelf wall to wall around and then uh things in front of that but there's not many answers than than letting those go because um you know get the highest bookshelves you can get and get as many in as you want but I would be letting as many go as possible. And, um, you know, again, there are book sales. There's lots of charities that are still doing that, but there's not a simple answer. They do take space. And again, that idea of measuring your shelf by linear feet and how much shelving you'd have, you're soon going to see a lot of times there's not the right place for it. And I would also suggest older books are, are, are not always healthy for you. Um, a lot of people, I want to look through things when I'm moving people in case, you know, there's, you look in pockets and things, but um, for me, moving and helping people, flipping through old paper or a book, what comes out of there is not good. I have asthma and books make me feel more asthmatic than anything. Um, the majority of mold we never see. So a lot of times those books that are old, it may not be mold, but it's little bits of particles that are going out. If we already have a compromised immune system, um, none of that is good for you. A lot of this moving is stirring up a lot of dust and things, even if you're seeing it. So I, I would say to edit your books as much as possible is a, is a good way to go. And I've given you as many ideas as I could. <laughs> in the uh, chat comment, uh, Margaret's just said, I'm in, a, in my small space, but I have too much and I can't figure out where to start because everything is so full and there's nowhere to edit to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's the issue too. Yeah. I've, I'm called in to work in spaces, and there's not even anywhere 
to get things together to work through, you know, I'm, and I have to admit, I've hurt myself several times. I've slipped on paper and I ended up um, walking with a cane for three months after that move. I, uh, you know, I hit my head on uh, things in attics. Like I, like I, I've had many injuries from helping people move and try to downsize. And I just want to prevent you from some of those things. So the things that like on the floor can be very, very slippery. And if you're moving from something before that, maybe it wasn't a slippery surface. I just was at a friend's place that had a new home and I took one step in the basement to see their new pool table. And I, I took a slip, whatever their new floor covering was, um, it was so slippery. They don't know what they're going to do with it. So these are things if you're renovating as well. Um, and, and, and rugs that you might've worked in another place. Maybe it's time now to let those go because, you know, our mobility can change in an instant. I have a need that is good at times and bad at other times. And, you know, we just know that, um, sometimes our health and our physicality is not going in a better direction. Yes. Floor mats are not our friend. That's for sure. <laughs> So if you have any particular questions, um, you can reach out and contact me. We have a resource page that the link will go out. These uh, presentations are recorded and you can go back and go through it again, stop it, think about it, make some more notes. And even on the resource pages, we have interviews with other people, lawyers, um, uh, medical device, people in home, things that can help us age in place. And um, yeah, so there's some other resources that we have for, for our move week and we hope you enjoyed this presentation today. And we have two more to go and there's still time to sign up for those. So we encourage you to, uh, if you go to Facebook, you can just search uh, Moving Seniors Safely and it will pop up there and take you to an Eventbrite site where you can register. And even if you can't make the other two sessions, you can just sign up and you'll still receive the link for the recording and watch it at your leisure.